بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على شرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا وحبيبنا وقدوتنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين We begin in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with every single form of conceivable praise because only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is worthy and deserving of praise and we Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to send His choicest and most exclusive blessings and mercies upon our beloved Master and Guide, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, upon his pure and chaste wives, his beloved and noble companions, and all those who follow in the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam until the day of Qiyamah. Qala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fi al-Qur'an al-Azim ba'da a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-Rajim Bismillahi rahman rahim لن ينال الله لحومها ولا دماؤها ولكن يناله التقوى منكم إلى آخر الآية وقال الله سبحانه وتعالى في مقام آخر والفجر وليال عشر صدق الله العظيم وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عن شداد بن عوس رضي الله عنه قال ثنتان حفظتهما عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إن الله كتب الإحسان على كل شيء فإذا قتلتم فأحسنوا القتلة وإذا ذبحتم فأحسنوا الذبح أو في رواية فأحسنوا الذبحة وليحدد أحدكم شفرته فليرح ذبيحته رواه مسلم Brothers and sisters in Islam السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with the invaluable gift of Iman and Islam and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has afforded us once again this beautiful opportunity of gathering in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this beautiful masjid, on the most beautiful of days in the week, which is this day of Jumu'ah, in one of the most beautiful months of the Islamic calendar, which is the Hijjah, in the most blessed of days, which is these first 10 days of the month of the Hijjah, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken an oath upon in the Quran al Kareem, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَيَالٍ عَشْرٍ that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken an oath on the sanctity and the greatness of these days. These are such amazing days. There is a beautiful narration of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa which is narrated by Abu Huraira radiallahu which is a narration of Jami' al-Tirmidhi. And he says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal, مَا مِنْ أَيَّامٍ أَحَبُّ إِلَى اللَّهِ أَنْ يُتَعَبَّدَ لَهُ فِيهَا من عشر ذي الحجة يعدل الصيام كل يوم منها بصيام السنة وقيام كل ليلة منها بقيام ليلة القدر. This is such an amazing day, or these days rather, are so amazing that Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم has said that there are no days, and this is including of Ramadan and all the other days of the Islamic calendar. There is no time. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves to be worshipped more than these days of the hijjah these first 10 days. That these are the most beloved days to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He be worshipped in. Such days that the fasting of each day is equivalent to the fasting of an entire year. And the ibadah of the night of each one of these nights is equivalent to the ibadah on the night of power Laylatul Qadr. Now the amazing thing from this hadith, what we learn, 
is that in the last 10 days of Ramadan, Kareem, is the month where all of us take out that extra effort and that extra bit of energy and we go and search for Laylatul Qadr. We go and search for Laylatul Qadr and yet still there is no guarantee on which day it is going to be. Despite the various opinions, although majority and many ulama feel it is on the 27th night, but many of the scholars are also of the opinion that it is no guarantee on which specific day of the odd nights it will be. So one still has to make an effort to go and find Laylatul Qadr. But in these nights of the Hijjah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is guaranteeing the reward of Laylatul Qadr for the every single night's ibadah. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to take full advantage of these last few moments that we have before the day of Eid. Inshallah, there are still some days left. Let us see how we can still fast and let us see how we can take out that night, extra time at night to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that me may solicit these beautiful rewards that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is promising for us. May Allah grant us tawfiq inshaAllah. So the other interesting thing to note is that in the month of Ramadan, we generally have this feeling that, you know, ibadah is very easy in the month of Ramadan. And it's very easy to pick up the mushaf and recite Qur'an. It's very easy to fast because everybody is doing it. It's very easy to make dhikrullah. It's very easy to come to the masjid, etc. So yes, obviously because the shayateen are chained, it does tend to be easier on an individual as opposed to these days where the shayateen are not chained. So one finds it extremely difficult that, you know what, I want to fast, but yes, yeah, I just can't get myself to, to wake up for that suhoor and fast. And then you don't wake up for suhoor and then you think to yourself, I'm going to fast without fa- taking, you know, the, the suhoor. So you rather leave out the fasting. But may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for one of all, all of us, inshallah, uh, that we may step on shaitan and our nafs, inshallah, to take out these extra moments for the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Brothers and sisters in Islam, the day of Adha is one of the two Eids that we have in our Islamic calendar. It is a day of festivity. It is a day of beauty. It is a day of praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is a day of family. It is a day of adornment. It is a beautiful atmosphere. Yet sometimes we find that there is so much emphasis being played on the, uh, placed on the outward display of the day of Eid, of the event itself, yet the ruh or the essence of the event is sometimes lost. In the festivity and the enjoyment and the celebration, the outward is expressed and enjoyed, but we often miss the point and the objective of the inward Eid. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an al-Kareem in the verse that we recited that That these animals that will be brought forth for the slaughter, the sacrifice that is going to be given for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the meat doesn't go to Allah. The blood doesn't go to Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in need of the animal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not partake of the animal. <coughs> but what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala want from that animal? It is the taqwa behind the sacrifice. It is the objective behind the sacrifice. That ita'a that Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam had, the obedience that Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam had, that he was prepared to sacrifice his child at that age. 
as difficult as it was, and he was a Nabi of great stature, he fulfilled the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants. It is that desire to obey Allah, that is behind the slaughtering of the animal. <coughs> the festivity is an outward benefit, but the greater objective is the taqwa that comes behind it. And this is the objective that we need to focus on in our Eid, inshaAllah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for one and all. You know, I received some information sometime recently that some people on the day of the Eid, and this I'm just putting under the purview of focusing and placing emphasis on the outward display of the Eid. That sometimes Eid seems that it is becoming an occasion more like a beauty pageant where people are competing with one another to see who can outdress the next person. Whereas we know the famous saying, لَيْسَ الْعِيدِ مَنْ لَبِسَ الْجَدِيدِ وَلَكِنَّ الْعِيدِ مَنْ خَافَ الْوَعِيدِ That Eid is not about adorning yourself outwardly. That's not the objective of the Eid. But the real Eid is the one that takes note of the warning and the lesson. Coming back to the point of taqwa. That is the objective of the Eid. So we find some individuals that will now go and purchase a very expensive garment so that they can compare and compete. And after they have worn this garment for the day of Eid, they then defect it. They tear the stitching or they put some you know, damage onto the garment and they return it to the store. No, I want my money back. This garment is defective. So what have you achieved from your Eid? What was the, 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 the objective? We have these issues. How many times on the day of Eid we find people placing so much emphasis on the festivity and the elaborate meals and the elaborate dishes? Did we even consider offering the neighbor or finding out whether the neighbor is going to bed hungry or whether my neighbor had something to eat? The domestic servant that is working in your home, did we even offer them something? Did we even inquire as to the, the, the well-being of their family and their children? Do they not perhaps want to eat? Do they not perhaps need? So much emphasis on the outward and the festivity and traveling here and there. How many times does it not happen that we miss our salah in the masjid of jama'ah or that we miss our salah completely? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us guidance and understanding. It is a day of festivity. It is a day of enjoyment. It is a day of beauty. But it is also a day of ibadah. It is also a day of ibadah. It is mentioned in the hadith of Rasulullah So let us see on this day of Eid how we can focus on the ibadah aspect of the Eid, not only the festivity aspect of the Eid. Simple things like practicing upon the beautiful sunnah of Rasulullah That when we leave our homes in the morning, we come to the Eid Musalla and we do not eat anything. It is mustahab and it is a sunnah practice that you do not partake of anything up until you slaughter. The first thing that you are supposed to consume is the flesh of the animal. And it was the sunnah of Rasulullah to eat the liver. was the first thing that they would consume. So this is a basic sunnah of Rasulullah that we can start with, with the intention of following the leader of the two worlds, Rasulullah and of practicing and increasing our ibadah on this day. When returning from the Eid Musalla, 
and you reach your home, it is sunnah to recite two rakat of salah. This is a two minute or a three minute thing. And I'm just mentioning these basic points so that we can see how we can improve the quality of our Eid. One is the festivity and the beauty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has afforded us on that day. And the other thing is what can we give to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on that day? What can we give? Back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on that day. So take out just a few minutes, 10-15 minutes in your day. You know, we can only eat so much food. We can only eat so much food. And I'm speaking coming from Johannesburg, you know, is alhamdulillah, subhanallah. There are elaborate, elaborate dishes and meals. And we thank and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless the hands of our mothers and our sisters and our daughters and our wives for the amount of effort that they put in to make that a special occasion. May Allah reward them abundantly. They put so much effort and so much time in and sometimes we even forget to say thank you because we get so confused with all the color and the number of dishes in front of us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept. But let us in between that time also take out just a little bit of time for reciting Quran. Take out a few minutes for taking the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while we are eating, after we are eating. The simple practices of washing our hands before and after our meals, reciting the masnoon du'as. This is how we can consciously focus on making the day of Eid a day of ibadah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding and tawfiq inshaAllah. The day of Adha is obviously, as we know, the days of slaughtering. And the days of slaughtering are three. It's the Yawm Al-Adha wa Yawmani Ba'daha. There are two days after the day of Eid, which is also permissible to slaughter. So, coming to the point of slaughtering the animals, this inshallah will be the first Eid uh, Al-Adha that I will experience in Cape Town. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it uh, a good experience, inshallah. But uh, coming from where we are coming from, you know, I've been to a number of places in various provinces and I've seen the practices of adahi carried out. And in many places we find that the etiquette of slaughtering are not adhered to. And this is something very important that we need to understand. The slaughtering of the animals on the day of adha is not just a formality. It is not a custom it is an act of worship. Like how we come to the salah and we perform salah. It is a beautiful act of worship. Like that your slaughtering is also an act of worship. It is an ibadah. So every single thing pertaining to the slaughtering needs to be concentrated on and treated as an act of worship. Everything from choosing the animal that you are going to slaughter. You are not just choosing an animal because of the quality of the meat that you are going to get. Because we are only focusing on, the, on the, what we are benefiting out of it. But think for a second of what the objective of this thing is. It is a sacrifice for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of what comes behind it. And it stems from the practice of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. The sacrifice behind that is the reason why we imitate that. Again, to come and get the taqwa and the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the objective. That animal is going to come on the day of Qiyamah and it will be included onto your scale of deeds. So we normally go for the, the, you know, the one that's in between, just over a lamb, just falls within the age bracket, the meat is still tender, you know, you're getting a superb quality, very little fat content, etc. But did we not concentrate on the beauty of the animal?
and not the quality of the meat that we're going to eat or that we're going to give someone else to eat. The animal itself, because the weight of the horns will be on your scale on the day of Qiyamah, the hair and the wool, the density of that will be on your scale on the day of Qiyamah. The hooves will be on your scale on the day of Qiyamah. Whatever you gave in sadaqah will be on your scale on the day of Qiyamah. So let us focus on the quality that we are giving and not focus on the formality of just getting the job done. Feeding the animal, there is ibadah in this. Get a good quality feed and feed your animal. You must understand it is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing goes unnoticed by Allah. Nothing goes unnoticed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the more we put into it, the more we are going to get out. And this we will be getting out in the akhirah. So the feeding of the animal, where you keep the animal, putting the animal in a place where it is safe and convenient, treating the animal with decency. You know, some places they do not have sufficient um, covering for the animal. They leave the animals to stand in the, in the hot sun. Some places they have coverings for them. Um, this you don't notice so much in the cities, but when you're coming from uh, places like where we're coming from, it's more, you know, countryside uh, town areas. So there's a lot of open plots. People keep the sheep in their homes. People keep them in the town. They'll have a certain area which is cordoned off for the sheep. And you, you know, it's, it's a, like a, like a build-up. I haven't seen it here in Cape Town. But uh, it, it's a build-up towards the day of Eid. There's a lot of excitement that goes behind it. But how the animal is treated is extremely important. Make sure there is enough water for the animal. Make sure there is enough feed for the animal. Make sure the area is cleaned regularly. Make sure the animals do not hurt themselves. Make sure that there is enough space for the animals. So these are all aspects which need to be taken into consideration as far as the ibadah of the slaughtering is concerned. We are trying to do the best that we can for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We want to give the best sheep to Allah. We want to give the best quality. Look after the animal. Make sure that the animal is not being harmed in any way. When we are going to pick the animal up even to take it to the place of slaughtering, you know, they, they normally just grab the sheep by the leg and drag the sheep and make it run. The, the animal is suffering. I don't know about, I pick, I pick the sheep up. I pick up the sheep and I will carry the sheep myself to the place of slaughtering. Not because I'm trying to be different or because I think I'm special. But understand again, it is an ibadah. It is an act of worship. I would rather carry the sheep myself to the place of slaughtering than risk the chance of injuring the animal or putting the animal into distress for which I will have to answer on the day of Qiyam. So it's all about the mindset behind the act and how we are treating the act. Let this Eid be a different Eid. Let this Eid be that Eid that is better than all the other Eids that came. And let this Eid be that Eid where we can exceed and, and, and vie with one another in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And giving better to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is it. When we are placing the animal down also, understand it is a creature of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The animal also experiences pain. The methodology behind the slaughtering is also extremely important. If you are not confident enough, or if you have never done it before, if you feel that you are not going to be able to do it properly, make sure there is someone with you that can assist you or encourage you if need be. Do not let the animal suffer. The knife needs to be sharpened. Rasulullah said, 
Kataballahu inna Allah kataba ala kulli shayin ihsan. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained compassion on all things. فَإِذَا قَتَلْتُمْ فَأَحْسِنُ الْقِتْلَةِ So if you are going to hunt, then make sure that your methodology and the method of your hunting is beautiful. That the animal must not suffer when you hunt. Do not injure, make it a clean kill. Make it a, a solid kill. Don't let the animal suffer. وَإِذَا ذَبَحْتُمْ فَأَحْسِنُ الذَّبْحَ ذِبْحَ According to the narration. When you are going to slaughter, make sure that your slaughtering, the method of your slaughtering is beautiful and correct. Do it in the correct manner. وَلْيُحَدِّدْ أَحَدُكُمْ And let the one of you who is going to slaughter sharpen his knife so that he may bring ease to the animal. The reason behind sharpening the knife is because you don't want to come there with a butter knife and carry on and on. I've seen this. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on our brothers. We must understand the sunnah method of slaughtering is three strokes. If your knife is sharp, the moment you put pressure on the blade and you strike with the knife, it will cut. But if the knife is not sharp, it's not going to cut no matter how many times you run that blade across that poor animal's throat. So understand, we need to have all our things in place before. The du'as that we are going to recite must be recited before the animal is placed down. If you're going to still want to stand there with the knife in your hand, reciting all the du'as and things, and the animal is waiting there, distressed because it's being held by so many people, you are causing distress to the animal. So we need to think about the practice behind the Eid and the practice behind the slaughtering. Let us make it beautiful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and let us do it in the correct and the sunnah method. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy. If we are uncertain, let us ask the brothers that have had experience in this or that are experienced in the field. Alhamdulillah, we normally have brothers in various communities that uh, coordinate the slaughtering on an annual basis. They have plots where they do for the community or they do for personal families. They have experience in it sometimes even with the skinning. They have professional skinners, etc. But it is a day also for us to get involved. Let us not rush off the slaughtering so that we can just get the act done with so that I can go and shower and get clean and then I can go and sit and eat for the rest of the day. The thing is that we need to be involved. As I said, it is an ibadah. If we are... Rasulullah I think uh, our Imam quoted the hadith last week, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that Fatima anha was called to come and witness the slaughtering. That Rasulullah called her to come and witness her animal being slaughtered. So we need to be part and parcel of the ibadah. This is part of bringing the sunnah alive in our lives, bringing the sunnah alive in our communities, and bringing the sunnah alive in the lives of our children. This is how we perpetuate the legacy of Islam and the practice of Rasulullah So let us get involved. Let us see how the skinning is done. It's a fascinating thing to see a professional skinner. I can tell you, it's like peeling a banana. I couldn't believe my eyes. We'll come there with a small little paring knife and we'll sit for one, two hours trying to get the skin off. And they just, it just peels off. It's an, it's an amazing thing to see. Wow. It's, it's beautiful. Even Rasulullah used to skin the animals. It's mentioned in the hadith how he would skin and how they would remove the skin of the sheep. So we need to be involved. Let our children also witness and get involved so that they can become used to the action. There are some people at a very advanced age that cannot slaughter themselves. They cannot bring themselves to do it. 
My brother, do not deprive yourself of the sunnah of Rasulullah May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and grant us the understanding and the beauty of the sunnah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us to practice upon all these beautiful teachings and tenets of Islam. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from one and all. And may Allah grant everyone a fascinatingly and a, beauty, a beautiful Eid, a fascinatingly stunning Eid. May Allah accept it from everybody. I leave you with the last few words of Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali. A very beautiful quote that I came across. And he says that if you cannot stop, if you cannot stop at Arafah, in other words, if you cannot make wukuf in Arafah because you are not there for Hajj, maybe you are in your own country, if you cannot stop by Arafah, then stop at the limits that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed. If we cannot stop with our brethren in Arafah, then let us stop at the boundaries that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed for us. If you cannot spend the night in Muzdalifa, then let, we, let us spend our nights in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you cannot slaughter in Mina, then slaughter your nafs to achieve your objective. And whoever cannot make it to the Kaaba and is far from the Kaaba, then let him worship the Rabb of the Kaaba because he is closer to you than your jugular vein. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with the understanding. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from one and all. Barakallahu feekum wa akhiru da'awana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.